Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official podcast of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, a.k.a. The Buck, the owner and the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com, and the sister sites, the Fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame and the Fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Check those out when you have a chance. Uh, the Fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame, it uh, celebrates those who are not, uh, the athletes who aren't real. Our first inductee was Rocky Balboa, so you kind of get the gist of that. Uh, the Fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the same exact vein. So you can vote for, eh, well, one of the, here's, here's a great inductee, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Who are they? They were the house band for the Muppets. You get the idea. Well, it's the Hall of Fame show, and what we do here on the Hall of Fame show is we look at the Hall of Fame-related news. Yeah, there's a pandemic, but there's always something if you look hard enough. The New England Patriots have announced the finalists for their franchise Hall of Fame, and if any franchise has got it right in, in the terms of the big four sports and how they celebrate their past players, it's the Patriots. Love them or hate them, and I know a lot of you love them and a lot of you hate them. Even the one, even those of you who hate them, you've got to admit, if you take a look at how they honor their players, they've done a fantastic job. Uh, we're also going to take a look at something, a little bit of a project that we called uh, the Mount Rushmore idea. Now, it's a little bit different because a lot of the time when you're doing a Mount Rushmore, you're looking at the four greatest of something. Well, I sort of took a different spin on this. If you look at Theodore Roosevelt, was he really in the same vein as Washington, Lincoln, and Jefferson? Mm, not really. So who was the Theodore Roosevelt of some sports and pop culture? Well, uh, we look at that, and with me, as always, is Evan Nolan uh, from Chicago. And let's bring in Evan, and we've got all sorts of wonderful things to say. Evan, how are we doing, brother? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, my my uh, team traded out of the first round so we could draft a uh, safety out of a school that I'm pretty sure is a, is a variety of French wine. Uh, I'm not sure what a Lenore Rhine is, but I'm pretty sure it's much like a Syrah. So everything's, everything's going fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we had to go alcohol. I am on day 40 of my, which is now going to be a 50-day challenge for me. Hopefully, wow. at the, yeah, hopefully at the end of these 50 days, uh, the country of Barbados will have lifted the memoriam on purchasing alcohol. And uh, then uh, myself and Banks Beer will be greatly reintroduced to each other. Uh, my wife's already not looking forward to that when she wakes up and finds me sprawled out on the couch again. You, you know how sad you are about this band by Barbados. You called it a memoriam instead of a moratorium. So you're already... You're already uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're already upset about your inability you've already given up on its life so oh god yes uh memoriam moratorium potato potato no it doesn't quite work like that does it potato vodka you know same idea yeah, absolutely so. absolutely so uh, so i just you know in the background i have the i have the draft on here the jets are about to make pick 59 well, one of my favorite things about this whole draft process which has been so weird this year is a by putting all the people behind Goodell, who's making the picks, it's like the most interaction Goodell apparently has ever had with a human being in his life. <laughs> he looks like he looks like an alien. He looks like a Third Rock character pretending to be a person. Like he's, I'm in a, I'm in a, a human suit. I'm going to pretend to interact with these people on this board awkwardly, and then turn around and make a uh, make a selection. So, I hate the fact he's yeah, all I mean, in on Boo the Commish. Yeah, well, that that was a problem too. There, where he was, he was like going for that. Although one of my favorite things that did happen was last night. Did you see what happened when the Chargers made the sixth pick? Uh, no. Right, well, I mean, so I was Chargers watching it, but I, I don't know what we're referring to. 
Right. So the Chargers made that six pick with for Justin Herbert. Yep. And he goes and they, they have the box with all the fans back there. And they're like, they're, again, they're, nobody actually wants the Chargers Los Angeles. I, I'm going to officially from now on until I move back to San Diego, call them the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim. Um, but the, the Chargers, they have those boxes. I don't know. There's, what, 15 fans supposedly up there? They couldn't find 15 Chargers fans. So there was like six empty boxes with just the Chargers logo, and then like nine boxes with people screaming on it. It's just the idea they couldn't find fifteen Chargers fans is absolutely hilarious. That's got to be next to the Jaguars. I think the worst fan base in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, it, it, they, nobody wants them there. Like nobody wants the Chargers there. They should just go back. It's, it's but, yeah. Although I, the, some, the other part, sorry, the other funny thing. Did you see uh, with the Titans pick the war room that uh, they had there? They had like uh, was it Vrabel? They had like a, two crazy people there. But the one of the best parts was they had a mirror behind him and reflected off the mirror was somebody was taking a dump in the bathroom with the door open. How the hell did I miss that? Go go check that one too. That was pretty funny. Also, the Oakland Raiders having their entire draft board up behind Gruden. Yes, that that I definitely caught. That that was also good. But the guy taking the dump in the, when the Titans made their pick was also pretty darn hilarious. So and and also the Patriots tonight, by the way, when the Patriots made that draft pick, they cut to the Patriots war room and Belichick wasn't there. It was just his dog in front of the computer. And they drafted a guy from a Division II school nobody had ever heard of. So, yeah, it was pretty good. There was some pretty good comedy. I actually love the draft. I'll give the the NFL, or actually ESPN, whoever sort of, I guess ESPN because they put them together, the sort of the video packages on some of those guys as they were being picked. It may not always have been NFL or football related, but damn, they were entertaining. They were. Although there's a lot of them are just like, instead of talking about the pick, they're like, ah, here's who died in their background. So, oh, the Patriots actually just trade up. They're making a pick right now. Pick six. Let's see if I like it. Here's some real-time stuff. Here we go. Here's here. Tell me the tight end. And a linebacker from Michigan, Josh Uche. So. Well, at least you've heard of Michigan. Michigan. After Winovich. So, what? You've heard of Michigan. I've heard of Michigan, yes, and we drafted one of his teammates last year, Chase Winovich, who was probably the best draft pick, at least in his first year out of it. So I'm okay. We need a linebacker. I, I we think, really need a tight end. I think when you were talking about Mike Vrabel, that might be a perfect segue to start up with. Ah, there we go. Yes. I don't know if that's what you were going there. Either that or we're going to talk no, about I, a dump. I was going there just because it was funny seeing the guy in the background. But, yeah, we should probably actually get to what we're talking about yeah, uh, so it finally it sort of happened. This is far more your wheelhouse. This is your team, the New England Patriots. Uh, I've already cast my vote. I'm wondering if you have. You probably cast the same vote that I have. Would be my guess. I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure we probably did. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, so so let, let's just talk about the Patriots Hall of Fame for those who are unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Patriots for years had. Um, just the team just basically decided who the uh, who the people into the Patriots Hall of Fame were. The last one of those they did was actually Bruce Armstrong, who was a very good offensive lineman mm-hmm. on some very bad Patriots teams. 
uh, in the 80s and 90s. He actually retired the year before the Patriots won the Super Bowl, which stunk for him. Uh, but that was pretty much the um, the way it worked up until 2000. Let's see, when did they they built the hall there in 2007? They started coming with a system. That I think pretty much every team should emulate, where they have the the people who cover the team pick three players or coaches or whoever, uh, and then have fans vote online for who they think should get in. It's a really good system. It allows us the team or the, the media some power as to who actually is up there, but ultimately the fans decide who gets in. And then every once in a while they have uh, senior candidates like John Morris, who is uh, all, all decade AFL uh, starting center, um, but is someone who in the 2000s hardly anybody remembers, was put in as a. Uh, as a uh, senior member a few years ago, we also had Houston Antoine, who was also from those years, got put in. And then last year, Leon Gray, who played next to uh, John Hanna, got put in as a senior candidate. They basically do it every five years. So this year, uh, they put up the two players who we knew were going to be there because they've been nominees the last three years and have not gotten in. Mike Vrabel, who mm-hmm. you brought up, and Richard Seymour. Yes. So I'm pretty sure you was the person you voted for. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the person I voted for as well. So, so the question coming in was who was going to be the third player? Uh, and I was thinking it was going to be Logan Mankins because Mankins had just gotten named to the All-Decade team. Uh, either first or second team, we're not sure, but he's on it. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's up for the Hall of Fame for the first time this year. I think we both think he'll be a semifinalist. Mm-hmm. I don't think there, I think there are still too, few too many other people who they have to clear out. Uh, for offensive linemen, there's just too many of them. They haven't been getting him in. Um, so I think he'll be a semifinalist. I don't think he'll be a finalist this year, but he will be in the next couple, would be my guess. Um, but he was not the person. They picked possibly the most divisive person they have put up uh, again the first time in a while, uh, Bill Parcells. Hate it. Hall of Famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer. This is his fourth time on the ballot. Um, the last time he was on the ballot was 2014 when the Patriots elected Ty Law, uh, and um, the, the team elected Ty Law. Yeah, he's been up in up 2011. The Pat the Hall elected uh, Drew Bledsoe. 2012 they elected Troy Brown. 2014 Bill Parcells, and now this year. Uh, and there's surprisingly a lot of support amongst fans online on Twitter for. Parcells, and I don't get it. I was hoping you were going to be able to explain it to me because I don't see how he's even in the conversation with these other two players. Yeah, I, I mean, here's here's the argument. He was he as a coach. Do you know what his record was as a coach of the Patriots? I don't. Not off the top of my head. Take a guess. Take a guess. He was thirty-two see. and thirty-two. He was a 500 coach with the Patriots. Now, granted, he took over a very bad Patriots team, one so bad that they were drafting first uh, when they got uh, Drew Bledsoe. And they were a team that was, honestly, when he came in, a team that was looking like they were either going to move to Connecticut or to St. Louis. Uh, People probably don't remember this now, but when they replaced the logo, the Pat Patriot with the flying Elvis that they have now, (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of thought that the team would move to St. Louis and just rip the face off and just have that like hat thing. It's kind of like a flag. You can fly in the Midwest as part of the conspiracy theory at the time. Uh, so Parcells came in and gave the team legitimacy. 
Like he was a legitimate coach uh, after some very, very bad years for a team that had made the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, when he came in, it had been less than a decade. They made 85 Super Bowl and he came in in 90, 92 or 93. Um, and I mean, that, that's the, it's the giving, it's giving legitimacy to the franchise and bringing him to the Super Bowl, uh, which is what it is. And honestly, bringing Bill Belichick to the Patriots or exposing him for the first time, I guess, would be part of it too, because Belichick seemed to have worked out okay. Um, but that's, that's basically your argument. Uh, the other side of that argument, of course, is that he was already negotiating with the Jets to become their coach while he was coaching, supposed to be coaching the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And that is the un, that is the unforgivable. I thing forgot all about that. Yeah, he was negotiating with the Jets before the, we went to the Super Bowl against the uh, the Packers, and the Patriots played really well against the Packers. They they were the Packers were a better team, but the Patriots held with them until Desmond Howard returned that kickoff for a touchdown. That was kind of what broke the camel's back there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, there's there's your argument for Parcells. I don't even think he's the best coach. Available, I think Chuck Fairbanks, who was a coach in the 70s uh, and should have made a Super Bowl except for the Phantom roughing the passer call and Sugar Bear Hamilton, uh, which he, of course, uh, was made up for. That was against the Raiders. We made up for that with the snow game and the uh, fumble that wasn't a fumble with the tuck rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Fairbanks, I think, is a better candidate than Parcells. But that's being, it's being voted on by the writers, and the writers love Parcells because he was a good was a good uh, quote, you know. So that's that's my thought process in that. I don't think he's getting in. I think I don't think Vrabel's getting in. I think this is going to be Seymour's year finally. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I hope I hope you're right. Although I've got the sneaky suspicion that Vrabel's going to be edged up, will edge out and win this. Maybe. I, well, I think the, I think the difference here though is. Legitimately, Vrabel's team ended Brady's run in New England. So, I honestly think like there's there are a whole bunch of people uh, who, who online and maybe I'm I'm just talking to the choir here, but there are a bunch of us who are all like, guys, we got to get Seymour in before he gets in the Hall of Fame. Um, he's got in the Pat Hall of Fame before he gets into the, the Patriots, oh, the Patriots Hall of Fame before he gets in the real NFL Hall of Fame, and getting in the Patriots Hall of Fame may get him through the door at the real Hall of Fame. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't. I think Vrabel's going to finish third. Of course, we don't know who finishes second and third. Uh, but it's. I, I would say it's going to be Seymour. So. Yeah, and I, and I certainly hope you're right. And I think uh, a lot of people who'd be listening would sort of agree with that sentiment or, or that hope, rather. Uh, and it, it is. It would also, I would think it would benefit his Hall of Fame chances. Uh, I'm certainly an advocate for, well, there's a lot of guys I'm an advocate for, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but Seymour is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Have you uh, been to yeah. uh, their Hall of Fame? The Patriots Hall of Fame? I've been by it. Uh, so I, I don't know, I don't know if I've talked to you about this before, but the, if you ever go to the Patriots Stadium, it's as in the middle of nowhere as you can be and still be in Eastern Massachusetts. Like it is, yeah, you'll hear teams talk about how you get off the highway and then you're just driving on a two lane road through the woods for like eight miles. And all of a sudden there you are at a stadium. 
but the team has built up across the street, like the, the hall at Patriot Place and all sorts of um, places to go to eat and other things to do. So I've been to that other stuff over there, but I've never actually been to the Pats Hall. So, so why do they build it there, the stadium? Uh, because there's already a stadium there. You can answer that question. Oh, okay. Um, so the previous stadium, I know you said, what was this stadium you said was the worst in baseball last week? Oh, the worst in baseball, baseball or it might've been the worst in football. I probably was talking about Orchard Park and the Bills. Uh, but if baseball no, no, would have been, no, oh, Exhibition Stadium where the Jays used to play. Exhibition Stadium. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You said Exhibition Stadium. The worst stadium in pro football history, I don't care from when, had to be the old Sullivan slash Schaefer slash Foxborough Stadium. Like, that thing was hideous. It was literally dented metal benches all the way around. It was a terrible, terrible place. And they were looking for they were looking for options. That was part of the reason they are going to be able to move. St. Louis was going to build something. The, the Connecticut was going to say, hey, you can still be the New England Patriots and build it here. But eventually Foxborough, which doesn't really have that much else going on, um, they... Uh, they uh, got they got together with uh, trying to make a deal with the the Patriots ownership and to be honest, Robert Kraft uh, built that stadium essentially with his own money uh, and just got the state to chip in the infrastructure for the roads and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's why it was there. There's already there's the only place in the state where they're like, hey, please put a stadium here because they already have stadium and they're worried what would happen if it was gone. So. Okay. I wonder if the same yeah, thing might that, happen that, in Buffalo one day, just because like that stadium, you can see it off the off the interstate, but it's also in the middle of nothing. Yeah, well, I mean the Patriots were nomads for years too. They played in Fenway, they played in Nickerson Field, which is the old BU stadium. BU doesn't have uh, football anymore, but the Nickerson Field is where they played for a while. Uh, they played all over the place. Um, so the, the crappy stadium they built for a ridiculously small number of dollars in like 19, I don't know, 68 or whatever it was, uh, was at least a place they could stay. Uh, so that, that's why it ended up being built out there and the reason they ended up being able to stay there. So yeah, Nothing quite like metal benches uh, in a stadium right up there with pea troughs. Yeah. But, you know, pea troughs are always the worst. If you're in Philly, you got the jail in there too, so. <laughs> oh god yeah gotta love it uh so we've got a couple uh deaths uh that we, that we want to look at i guess the in memoriam section hoorah hoorah that, that's my again my krp thing okay uh so you, you, you brought those yeah, Mom, i'll send that link it's it's I think I already described this once, why I sort of came up with that. Uh, so and you, actually, you brought, you're the one who brought those up to my attention because I forgot all about that. Uh, Mike Curtis. Yeah, Mike, Mike Curtis, who has played for the uh, Colts, uh, Seahawks, and Redskins, was probably best known for playing with the Colts, member of their team in Super Bowl V, um, when they won the first team All-Pro twice in 68-69, four-time Pro Bowler. Um, he was the AFC Defensive Player in the Year. Uh, he's the first team All American in college, coming out of uh, Duke. Um, so he was a hell of a ball player. He's someone who's been brought up before as a potential senior candidate. But I mean, the senior pool is so huge uh, at this point; it's it's hard to pick just a few. But he's at least someone. You have 
two All Pros, four Pro Bowls, you're at least in the conversation for somebody and a ring. Uh, you're in the conversation of somebody who uh, would get some consideration from the Hall, and of course, um, the Player of the Year or the Defensive Player of the Year award. So, and uh, then you brought up one that I didn't even think of. I never would have too, and I should. Yeah, I mean, we have the uh, fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, right? That's right. So the so the uh, inspiration for one of those fictitious athletes, uh, Steve Dalkowski, who uh, passed away of um, COVID, I believe, at age eighty in Connecticut earlier this week, uh, threw a hundred mile an hour fastball and was kind of a head case, and was the inspiration for Nuke Lelouch from uh, Bull Durham. Dating the, I wonder if he dated the ever ageless Susan Sarandon. I do not know. Susan Sarandon will look the same when she's a hundred. Yeah, she and she and uh, Ant Man. Why can't I get his name? Oh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, Paul Rudd actually, I think, may look younger now than he did in Clueless. <sighs> if that's at all possible, yes. I mean, usually that does that only happens if someone really looks super old, like when they're young, like Greg Oden, right? Yeah, or Willie McGee. Oh, that's another one, Otis Nixon. Otis, Otis my man Nixon. Yeah, I always thought Willie McGee looked like the Black Don Knotts. <laughs> <laughs> I can't unsee that God? now. <laughs> I oh my god. <laughs> you never got that image out of no! <laughs> now, now I'm just really picturing up picture him trying to like uh make make Jack Tripper all straight and teach him how to be a real man. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Willie McGee is the uh, the African American uh, Don Knotts. And with that in mind, what, what, what was the main topic we came up with for this week? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got done. Holy shit. My entire train of thought is just completely gone. Now I'm just picturing <laughs> Willie McGee in the, as the incredible Mr. Limpet. Yeah. <laughs> Willie McGee in the ma- uh, remake of Hot Lead and Cold Feet, the Apple Dumpling Gang. Well, it's just like when they, uh, someone brought up that uh, the, the president of China looks just like Winnie the Pooh. You can't unsee it. Yeah, and you cannot unsee it. He does. Or or Dobby the Elf looks just like Vladimir Putin. Oh, my <laughs> But, yeah, there, there was a main, main topic or just more of a challenge that is really not Hall of Fame related. And it was that, just, that I had a lot of trouble with, to be honest. Well, maybe as I sort of rattle off a few, this, this sort of might work uh, or might just sort of inspire a few. And the, the idea was to sort of come up with the Mount Rushmore, but not in the same way that everyone does their Mount Rushmore, which is those, those four greatest people of either a team. Uh, so I've seen that done as a state in terms of athletics, but just sort of who's the Theodore Roosevelt, which is you know someone who was pretty good, but not in the same level as, you're Lincoln, you're Jefferson, you're Washington. Mm-hmm. So I had a few ideas. Uh, do, do you want to do your one or do you want me to sort of like come up with? Or do no, you I'll, to... I'll, I'll, do my, I'll do my one to get out of the way. So sure. the best I could come up with here for 
like a definite fourth banana, which is the way I kind of looked at this, was the top of the 2003 NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had the number one pick, LeBron James, definitely on the Mount Rushmore. Yep. Number three pick, Carmelo Anthony, probable Hall of Famer. Four pick, Chris Bosh, will be a Hall of Famer next year. Second pick, Darko Milicic. <laughs> Poor Darko. Uh, sorry, and the fifth pick, Dwayne Wade. So, so he's, 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 not even, he's not even Teddy Roosevelt, he's Pete Best. <laughs> <laughs> he's Pete Best if Ringo Starr actually deserved to be in the Hall of Fame on his own. He's in, but doesn't mean he deserves to be there. And, um, but but yeah. Darko has one more ring than Carmelo Anthony. Go figure. The first of the group to get a, get a championship ring, Darko Milicic. Yeah, he, he, he played 10 years in the league. So, was, Last I heard, he was trying a, a kickboxing career. I, can be, I honestly can say I have lost track of Darko Milicic. Uh, probably so is his so, parents. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So, so, so you're the ones I, I've sort of come up with. Okay. Let me hear yours. Okay. So I went kind of obscure on this one. Uh, the big four North American sports, the T- Theodore Roosevelt is the National Hockey League. Oh, sure. Of course. Which, yeah, that, 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 that's, a def- that's a definite one, although the uh, baseball is dragging itself in that direction. But yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, the NHL only sort of makes the still makes the Mount Rushmore because I still maintain it has the best playoffs and the most exciting playoffs in the Big Four of sports and the best trophy. Both those things are true, and it has like six. Those six teams are really an anchor for the sport um, that gives it a historic feel and like a history. And mm-hmm. granted, the Oilers and the Penguins and the Flyers and the Blues and a few other teams have come in there and really built their own history. But yeah, the, those six teams, if we didn't have the original six that was mythologized so much, mm-hmm. hockey would be in a much weaker place. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And but, but, although you brought that up, just give me the, and the uh, commissioners are an anti one of this, right? Because in, in the, uh, the Goodell, Manfred, and Bettman are all, they would be three of the worst four in the Mount Rushmore. Right? They, they've all been it's shipped the off the whole, they've been shipped off the mountain. <laughs> it, it's, it's all silver, 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 and silver. Yeah. Well, may, maybe this is where you bring in the WNBA commissioner. You're wondering. There you go. Uh, yeah, whoever she is, I'm sure she's done a fantastic job sucking on the teat of the NBA. Actually, would the Mount Rushmore commissioners be Silver, Dana White, Vince McMahon, and somebody else? <laughs> or maybe for the upstart uh, Can- uh, Women's World Hockey League or something like that, because I was reading something on cbc.ca where they said, well, no, we can't make it without the NHL. Yeah, because that's worked out so well for the NBA and the WNBA. That's exactly what the NHL wants to do. Fun, fun to women's yeah. league that nobody's going to watch. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, that, that was a good first one. Okay. Uh, so I've got another another one here. Uh 
The fearsome foursome of the Los Angeles Rams, Lamar Lundy is the Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. Uh, so behind Merlin Olson, Deacon Jones, and Rosie Greer. And even if you look yeah, that's, at that's pretty fair. Yeah, and even if you look at even their their great TV gigs, I mean Merlin Olson, Father Murphy, uh, Deacon Jones, he was on a Brady Bunch episode, and, and like a, the key figure of that, uh, Rosie Greer, I think he he I think he was even made a couple roasts. Or, or I, I I think I don't, I think I remember Rosie Greer when I was a kid in like. Um, bounty towel commercials. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I knew he was doing something. And here's what I found for Lamar Lundy. He played a Cyclops in Lost in Space. Boom! Ah. There you go. Lamar Lundy is the Theodore Roosevelt of the Los Angeles Rams. Well, when you're up, it's you and three Hall of Famers. I suppose that's fair. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, they had the fearsome foursome, I guess. You know, sort of like the the three guys that... You know, the the Killer 3 and Lamar Lundy just doesn't have a ring to it. Right. Okay, that's another good one. Keep going. You're on a roll. I'm on, yeah, I'm on a roll. Uh, the core four of the Yankees. So Derek Jeter. Okay. Yeah, so you yeah, got Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, and my Theodore Roosevelt is Posada. Ooh. I mean, the other three are Hall of Famers. Posada's never going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. Well, P- Pettit may not be, but... Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Pettit's at least made the list. Posada's already off, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Posada, Posada was one and done. Uh, what had, was a non-factor. I don't think he was even... No, he wasn't even a Yankee in the first uh, World Series of, of that dynasty of the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Is that still Jim Leyritz or Mike Stanley? I don't remember. Uh, crap, I don't know. I'd have to look that up again. Good question. So, okay. yeah, so that's my other one, sports. And then I, I kind of went off the went off the deep end here. I took two old classic bands. Uh, uh, Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. Why Mike Nesmith? Because it's not necessarily what he did afterwards where he's by far the most successful. It's what he sort of did in the band, and if you replace him with any other bass player, you'd never know to know the difference when you watch the old shows. That's right. That's true. But he had the, he had the best hat. So, uh, sorry, your core four thing just made me think of another one that would have worked. Sure. The uh, the the nineteen nineties uh, uh, Braves starting rotation that was supposed to be fantastic, which would be Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, and Steve Avery. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there wasn't like was, who's the other one who was almost like considered part of that i want to say kevin millwood yeah. that's not right is it no no it was steve avery originally okay. those, those were the four originally and then avery didn't make it but yeah that that one just came to mind with the core four so there you go yeah and uh so and with the rock band kiss it's peter chris who was a hot I, was, I was wondering i was wondering which uh which Chris, uh, which I uh, remember of Kiss, because yeah, I thought about them. So, oh, it's, def- it's definitely Peter Chris. I mean, Ace Freely had that drunken charisma, and he was a better guitar player than Peter Chris was a drummer. Fair enough, but they both got name dropped in uh, in Weezer's song in the garage. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. He had Ace Freely. He had Peter Chris waiting there for uh, waiting there for him. So, I've got a few others that sort of fit, but it's more in the entertainment vein. 
So, because uh, I was forced to watch all the all, all of these with my wife when we started dating, and we binge watched the whole thing. Uh, not my favorite show, but I did see them all, so I feel qualified to answer this. Uh, Miranda Hobbs, Sex in the City. Mm. Okay. So I I barely know that Miranda is played uh, by who. Uh, Cynthia Nixon. Uh, so basically the one of the four who was okay. not very attractive and you didn't really want to see her naked, but sometimes you did. I think. I don't remember. I see. Who's the one with the big eyes? Cause she was, uh, cause there's, I know there's Samantha and Carrie and then there's the other one. Charlotte. Charlotte. Why the yeah, hell she do always I know this? Me out. Her, her eyes were always way too big on everything she did. Shit. No, you're right about that. Now I can't unsee that either. Of course, I'm never going to have to watch those again, so that's okay. Uh, South Park, Kenny McCormick. Well, that's why they killed him off every episode. Yeah, and Butters was a better fourth. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's hard to have a it's hard to have a consistent storyline when you die in every episode. So, um, you know, do you think do you think Butters over Token? Absolutely. No, he's kidding. Or Jimmy or Timmy or I know I've run out. Uh, yeah. Butters is my second favorite character behind Cartman. Oh wow! I, I was actually referencing a a, a a episode the other day, the one where they had I think it was back in the 2000 election, where the PETA came in and um, said that the cows was uh, discriminatory mm-hmm. to animals, so they made them have a vote for a new school mascot, and it ended up being a runoff election between a shit sandwich and a giant douche. <laughs> did you ever yeah. see that episode? I did, yeah, which sort of works towards and, every and, election. And, and, and Kyle refused to vote, and then they brought him back in, and he's finally voted for Giant Douche, and Shit Sandwich ended up winning. But the the one line from that uh, that always stays with me for every election was, he doesn't want to vote, and Big Gay Al, I think it was, said, Kyle, you don't understand. Every election you're going to be in, you're choosing between a shit sandwich and a giant douche. <laughs> and like here it's another election year here we are again i, I even had a so. political one but i wasn't really sure how that's all going to play out just at present uh with the squad i can cons- i consider right now just based on level of attention okay Ayanna presley yeah although well, she, the other ones are who uh our aoc uh rashida Tlaib. And uh, yeah, the the one who just who just loves her family in incorrect ways, Ilhan Omar. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Although I think I like Presley the most because I think she's the most the one she's the one with the bit with uh, the most level head on her shoulders. Okay, but. In terms of sort of like what gets the most attention, you've got uh, the one who everyone always loves or hates, the two wing nuts, and the other one. And she's the other one. Got it. Okay. And I had uh, Ernie Hudson from the Ghostbusters. Mm. Yeah, he definitely felt like he was wedged in there. But he was the fourth one coming in anyway. He just wanted a job. He wasn't, he wasn't passionate about Boston Ghosts. Yeah, apparently they uh, re- uh, and he was so upset because they rewrote the entire thing. Because originally he had so much of a of a bigger character, 
and they rewrote the entire thing prior to, like after he signed on. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. I agree with that. And the, those are my Theodore Roosevelt. Nicely done. Okay, those those were good, and I ended up coming up with one more. So uh, that was that was an interesting uh, interesting assignment. I was just really bad at finding things who I felt met the uh, criteria. So I, I probably put too much thought into this stuff. I, I don't know why I did that. But then I've got a lot more free time than you. Yeah, I'm, I am in the middle of changing jobs within my company, so I'm trying to do my old job and get going on a new job with a completely different thing at the same time. So, so they took your job? Challenge. Let's try to do another South Park bit. They took your job. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm, not as, I'm not as clever as I thought. Of course, I still have Willie McGee in my head. I can't. I mean, how about... I'm doing the, doing the, I just saw that because we have the NFL draft on here at the same time. Could you do that uh, Mount Rushmore thing for each of the divisions in the NFL? Absolutely. So like, yeah. I just thought of that because the Lions just came on. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly Packers one, Bears two, Vikings three, and Lions a distance fourth, correct? Absolutely. So how about your division? Okay. The Saints. Who, who's... Is it? It's got to be Tampa, right? right? Although they have a Super Bowl. I, I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's the Panthers. Yeah, the Panthers. It's either Panthers yeah, have been to two Super Bowls. They, they might. They might very well have. But in terms of who they sort of who they are, in terms of their whole legacy, I mean the Saint, the Saints have the Super Bowl. The, the Bucks have the Super Bowl. Uh, Atlanta's been to one also, but it just they feels like. Hmm. Atlanta's been to two. They, been to two? Uh, okay, that's right. They were they, they they've been they've been embarrassed both times. The first time they uh, had the Eugene Robinson, the NFL Man of the Year, get busted with a prostitute <laughs> the night before the Super Bowl. Well, the well, he, time, he was the Man of the Year. Yes, he was. And the uh, the second time they now the second Super Bowl they now have a. Uh, Regional holiday. Every time March twenty eighth comes around, all of New England makes sure to remind Atlanta the score of the Super Bowl. I think by default, so. though, just if you've got the Falcons and, and the Panthers, if I'm going to go by fan bases, and I've sort of like dumped on the Atlanta on Atlanta for a lot of their fan base for a lot of things, the Panthers fan base isn't exactly the most passionate either. True, sure, and I would say to be fair, the Falcons do seem to have the best fan base out of the Atlanta teams. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, by yeah. default, I'm, I'm going with the Panthers on that. Okay. So, all right. So, we, we've done the two of the NFC divisions. How about uh, the West? So, we got the Niners, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the and the Seahawks. Well, it's definitely not the Seahawks. It's not the Seahawks. It's obviously just not the Niners. Yeah. It's got to be the Cardinals by default, even though they're like the oldest team in the NFL, right? It'd have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then that leaves you with the the NFC East, Redskins, Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys. Which is now the Redskins, which is a funny thing to say. It's now the Redskins, but historically it would have been the Eagles until recently. So it was historic, historically, back when I was a kid, it was the Cardinals there too. Well, true. <laughs> they were... When they weren't even allowed, they weren't even allowed, not, not, not even on Mount Rushmore, they weren't even allowed in South Dakota. 
<laughs> yeah, they've they've moved what three times now and changed the name four times. So. Yeah, it's, Chicago, St. Louis, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. So so there'd be that. Right, so let's, let's, let's try the AFC. So let's go with the uh, the uh, oh sorry my division the Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bills, the Jets, right? Isn't that so sad to say? But it is. The, the Jets. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. The Jets. Yeah, it has to be. has to be the Jets. Uh, the the AFC North is the Ravens, Bengals. Browns, Bengals. Bengals, and Steelers. And even how bad the Browns have been, they at least had a historic run with Otto Graham and Jim Brown. So it's the Bengals, right? Yeah. I mean, they're the bastard child uh, absolutely. of the Absolutely. Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Oh, so here, the most interesting one would have to be the AFC South. I mean, it's the Colts and three teams. So it's it's the Colts, Jaguars, Titans, and Texans. I would say the Titans get the benefit of the Oilers teams. Absolutely, yep, so for sure. So that takes them out of it. But the Texans versus the Jaguars? Well, before, I, mean, I, I would have said the Jaguars. But now, I mean, just with as long as Bill O'Brien's there, it's the Texans. Yeah, but the Texans have had multiple players better than almost anyone who's ever been on the Jaguars. But the Jaguars have has made an AFC championship. That is no, that is true. You know, they made it to two AFC championship two. games. Yeah, so I mean, they they have been closer. Even though you're right, I mean, the sure. Texans uh, Texans uh, top players are better than the, the the best ones you can come up with. I mean, uh, the, 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 te- the Texans going to have more Hall of Famers in. 15 years from now, the Texans are more Hall of Famers than the Jaguars by far. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars will have Baselli, and the Texans will have J.J. Watt. Deshaun Watson is probably, may or may not be done 15 years, you know, eligible 15 years from now. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, is, again, he's gone, but he's going to have, probably may have an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, who, know, who knows who else? But, I mean, there's, yeah, I, I, that, that's a tough one. And in the West, we're going to have the, Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, and Raiders. And that's got to be the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim at this point. Absolutely. Despite the fact I do like their new uniforms. I do like they're, – they're, uh, they're all um, like all dark blue ones because I like the powder boots. But the all dark blue ones are really, really good. Mm-hmm. I really like those. The Patriots new ones are okay. They, they could have done better. But the, I really like the, the Chargers new one. So the Patriots new ones look way too much like the Bills, just a little darker blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always sort of found, uh, you know, talking about the Bills, I, I always found their old uh, helmet logo where it was, like, at least now, I mean, like, there, there is the Bison or the Buffalo, whether you want to call it Buffalo Bison, whatever the hell. It's charging, you know, it looks like it's about to do something, where the other one, the retro one just looks like, okay, it's sitting there to take either a dump or is he's just coming up from a graze. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So, all right, how about this one then? Uh, which of the divisions in each conference is the, is the Mount Rushmore, uh, is uh, Teddy Roosevelt? Is Teddy Roosevelt. So Oof. for the AFC, I think it's easy. Yeah, it's the South. It's clearly the South. Yeah, it's... What it's, about the NFC? Oh, man. Is it the South again? I, I think it almost has to be. Because the East, I mean, as much as they're, 
you got the Cowboys, Giants, Redskins, Needles. It's kind of hard to. They're so iconic, all four of them. Yeah, and the West is, we might have an argument, except the Seahawks have been good for 10, 12 years now, if not longer. And you have the Rams and 49ers being historic. Mm-hmm. And then the North, you got the Bears and Packers, who are the oldest rivalry in the NFL. Oh, they're older than some of the actual rocks. No, Rushmore. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Maybe true. It's the South. Yeah, so it's the I, South both times. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, it's the South. Although the South has made it much closer than it was when they first made those divisions. When they first made those divisions, like the, the Saints have never been to a Super Bowl, the Buccaneers have never been to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the Falcons have been to one, and the uh, uh, Panthers had never been to a Super Bowl. So I did like it when they finally realigned all that because I when I started watching the NFL as a kid, like why the hell are some of these big teams in the in these divisions and just trying yeah, just the, trying to figure that out? Tampa Green Bay rivalry was with the Bay of Pigs as uh, as they used to call it on the <laughs> NFL Countdown, uh, or or Carolina being or not Carolina Arizona being in with the Eagles and Cowboys and and they'd yeah. call it the there, East. Some weird ones. Yeah. That was, that was the thing. Remember when the Braves used to be in the West? Yes. In, the, uh, in major leagues? And they had that one year, they had their runoff with uh, San Francisco, where one team was, what, 106 and the other had 105 or something along those lines. Uh, and they won their division because they were 2,800 miles apart, but somehow in the same geographic designated location. So they did a lot of weird things when we were kids. Uh, it's not quite like that now when I'm looking at uh, the big four. Okay. Yeah, the only one that's kind of weird are the Tennessee teams in basketball and hockey. Mm-hmm. They're like on the border of where they should be. Um, and I guess the Northwest in the uh, NBA is kind of strange. Because you got Portland, Minnesota. Uh, it's, what is it? It's Portland, Minnesota. Oklahoma City, Denver, and Utah, right? Mm-hmm. That's a weird combination. Now, it's made weird because Seattle moved to Oklahoma City, but that's a, that's a pretty weird geographic one. I remember right, too, like when I was a kid, uh, was I think they when they all had different names uh, as opposed to ge- geographic ones. So with hockey in the Smythe division, and it was like uh, yeah, the Jets, the North, Canucks, yeah. Oilers... Flames, and then the Kings were in the middle of nowhere in terms of hockey. <laughs> like back yeah. then, the days before the Sharks, the Ducks, the Coyotes, the Avs. Did they come up with a team name no. for the new Seattle one, or have I missed it? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. There are some interesting ones. They, the Sockeyes were pretty popular. The Sockeyes? I kind of like it. Is it like, yeah, that's a type like of salmon, right? salmon, Okay, yeah. Yeah, but, but it's a good name for, like, a hockey team. Like, punch someone in the face. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I kind of like that one. I'll, I'll leave you with this one here. What is the least intimidating? I've, I've got two of the big four sports names. Utah Jazz. Okay, yeah, that was one. My other one is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, it's a leaf. Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs are not good in terms of intimidation. Well, not not only that. I mean, it's dead for all the winter. There are no leaves in Toronto. Also, also true. 
Vancouver Canucks aren't really that intimidating either. Yeah, it's you know, like you know you know the name what that means, right? Just a slang for Canadian. Yeah, but it's a slang for a stupid Canadian, isn't it? Well, not. I guess it depends on. I think that's how Americans call us. But when you had Captain America, we had a comic book called Johnny Canuck. Ah, okay. I don't believe anyone's sort of playing him in the movie. Oh, there we go. Let's cast Johnny Canuck. <laughs> All right. So here are the finals, by the way, for the uh, yes. January 2018. There were 13 uh, team names made public that okay. were they were deciding between. You ready? In alphabetical order here. Yep. The Seattle Cougars, which is very college. Lame. Seattle Eagles, which is boring. Mm-hmm. Seattle Emeralds. Uh, the Seattle Evergreens, the Firebirds, the Kraken. Ooh. You know, at least the Kraken. That's not a bad one. The Rainiers, the Renegades, the Sea Lions, the Seals, although that was a California Golden Seals. So I think they should stay away from that. Mm-hmm. The Sockeyes, the Totems, and the Whales. But that's too close to the whale, Whalers. So they should stay on that one, too. So of those, I like. I think the Sockeyes interesting. I think we both like the Kraken. Definitely. Uh, the Emeralds. The Emeralds would be interesting. I don't have a problem with that. It's a uh, again not the most intimidating, but it's at least the color. Well, it's better <laughs> than the, the totem poles, especially if they suck. Yeah. The to- I mean, why yeah, don't just the call them the pylons too? Yeah. So so those were the. Uh, those were the finalists announced in January of 2018. I have not, I'm just looking quickly if I could see a quick update. Yeah, um, not only that, I mean, if you look at the Canucks new, or not new logo, it's been the same one for years, but I mean, it's, it's certainly already totem inspired. Yeah, it is. That's true. So, I mean, like, it's, it's just not going to work, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah Kraken? That would be that would be incredible, but I, I know how I want to sort of end this uh, while you're looking that up. Okay, uh, you're, are you down to the Elite Eight in uh, the Disney villain? Ah, uh, yes, I am down to the Elite Eight, and uh, we're going to go through it tomorrow. Hold on one second; I'm going to need to get that up here. Um, I should have been prepared for that, but I am not. Well, we forgot. I forgot to ask you about it last week, so that's on me. Yes. All right. So the Elite Eight here. And where we have the votes here. So Group A ended up being Maleficent mm-hmm. against Claude Frollo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. So who do you think is winning that one? Well, you've been talking about Claude a long time. Uh, and is, so I'm going to say that you've subtly been inspiring people to vote that route. So I'm going to say Claude Frollo. I've, I've been making no inspiration one way or another. Uh, but Frollo right now is up seven. Is uh, got seventy percent of the vote. So, so they. Uh, it looks like Frollo is going to upset Maleficent. Uh, but of course, Frollo did want the entire extinction of all, of all. Uh, well, that that's. Uh, you say you're not pushing, but I mean, when you make that cause, when you make this case for genocide, you know, this is sort of like where the genocide's good. A sentence you don't hear yeah. often, but genocide can be good if you're looking to win an evil tournament. True, and he also killed a woman by kicking her down the steps of the Cathedral of Notre Dame, and then was going to drown her baby in a well, and then was 
forced to raise it as uh, his own, being Quasimodo. This is and then try to burn a girl at the stake because she didn't like him as much as he liked her. What, so he's he's got a pretty good resume of being a complete utter dick. And what, what was what's um, his uh, what's his seed? He's a three seed. He's so three. she was the one. He was the three. The next matchup is the Evil Queen from Snow White against, uh, and these aren't officially closed yet, against Governor Ratcliffe from Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's in a one, uh, she's a two seed. He's a five seed. He knocked off the number one Jafar last week. Uh, and he is, uh, he's currently winning two, thir- two thirds to one third about on this one. So we have another one, uh, another higher seed going down. It looks like so, so have, the woke uh, vote is coming in full force. Yeah, uh, we have Scar from Lion King against um, Cruella Deville, who's the three seed from 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who do you have in that one? Well, Cruella's the one that I'm certainly remember more as a kid, but that I, I don't know the age range of all the people who are sort of voting on this. I would imagine Scar is a far more well-known candidate. Scar is, uh, is definitely more well-known and he has a hundred percent of the vote. Oh my so, God. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not even close. And then the last one, uh, the one that my kids would probably go the opposite of the way it's going is number one, Ursula, Against number three, Doctor Facilier from uh, The Princess and the Frog. Ursula's winning. Yeah, Ursula's winning. Uh, it's about two thirds to one third, close enough. And um, you... my my kids both love Doctor Facilier. My son wants to dress up as him for uh, Halloween. So my my son is definitely a someone who would go to the dark side for Star Wars. Is a Slytherin in. Uh, in Harry Potter universe, definitely like on the, uh, the, I, he, he, he understands where evil comes from side, which is kind of scary. He sees five and wants to go robots, but you know, he knows who he likes. Hey, when I, when I was a kid, I always cheered for the Decepticons. Mm. Although one I, of the most traumatic, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, although ironically, my favorite character was Starscream, who was essentially the Gilligan of that group. <laughs> yeah, Starscream was, yeah. But he had the cool voice. Uh, I, I, if I could have won the cool Decepticons, then we would have won. That's uh, a horrible impression, but. That is actually your best impression you've done. <laughs> That's my best one? Okay. <laughs> Man, my I, impressions I, really I always, do suck. I always had a soft spot for jazz. Uh, who is the police car on the uh, Autobus side. But I have to say, one of the most traumatic experiences of my watching career as a child was watching G.I. Joe when my favorite character was Dusty, and he ended up being, at least temporarily, the traitor to Cobra. And that, like, wrecked me as a child. I, I don't recall him, do, him doing that heel turn. Sorry, I um, I'm sorry. It's spoiler alert. I should have said. Okay. Uh, it's only been it's only been thirty five years. So. Yeah, I, that's yeah. I didn't watch all all of those, but I mean, I certainly watch enough because like Cobra Commander was the same voice. It was awesome. A star scream. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, did you ever see the Transformers movie? The uh, old one. Uh, oh, oh, oh! The, the animated one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Nineteen eighty six. Yeah, uh, 
with Serpentor and yeah. And it and was the last role for Orson Welles. That's right. Um, yeah. In his movie career, but that movie just the difference between now and then. Uh, that movie starts with the Decepticons taking over the moon base run by the Autobots mm-hmm. and then like knocking all the Autobots out and Megatron has Iron Head on the floor and he's like, Megatron, we're going to stop you. Or and, they, and Megatron says, I'd like to see you try. And literally, Mafia style, with his gun on his arm, blows Iron Head's head off. And this is a, this has been three minutes in the movie and a chi- it's a child's movie from 1986. And that was just how things were in the 80s. All those movies were meant to terrify us. Labyrinth, Secret of Nim, uh, Dark Crystal, like Return to Oz. Did you ever see Return to Oz? Yeah, as a kid, I, I can't remember the plot of any of this. That, that movie is fucking terrifying. Even as an adult, like, oh my God, I can't believe they let us watch this. But, but uh, right in the heart of that was... Uh, was that a Transformers movie? Yeah, and, and now though we're now as adults, it's like okay, so oh, wait, what, what do you mean they they find they all these robots finally got they finally got killed here when they've been sort of like uh, dodging all these things for years and years, like and there's all these brand new ones. Oh, new toys! Now we get it. Didn't then? Right. Especially though back then too. Also, I noticed because uh, they had that on Netflix, so I thought, okay, I'm going to rewatch all this and. Man, they're they're real. every time Optimus talks to one of them, he always makes sure that he's calling them by their name. So I guess you know exactly which one to get in the store. Never yeah, says right. hey you. Yeah. Yeah, it's product placement, man. You don't end up like the GoBots. Oh, uh, was the GoBots? That's how sort of you knew that uh, the, whose parents didn't love them <laughs> to show it up with a GoBot. Well, they were the ones who came first, and then they got Transformers completely stole all their stuff and marketed themselves better, and that was the end of Leader One, and that's the only one I can remember. Is that Turbo, I believe, was another one. You, was, uh, you got me beat by so, two. Yeah, Leader One was a plane. Turbo was a red car. I think there was one, a, a motorbike named Scooter, and I'm out. <laughs> Again, you got me beat by three. Well, we'll come up with something for next week. We always do. Uh, I don't have anything off mm-hmm. the top of my head, but uh, I'm the chairman. I always come up with something, even we'll, sober. We'll figure something out. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Stay safe, and we'll talk next week. Thank you so much for listening. Hope everyone's staying safe, and look for more content from us at notinhalloffame.com. Com. 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 Com.